0: Economic justice, social justice, racial justice, environmental justice, our values where California's made so much progress. All of those things were on the ballot this evening.
1: I'm Damian Bulwa, and you're listening to a joint episode of Fifth and Mission and It's All Political. That was Gavin Newsom giving a victory speech Tuesday night. By a landslide or close to it, the former San Francisco mayor fought off an effort to oust him from office that began with frustration over his handling of the pandemic. Had the California recall been successful? It's likely the next governor of this deep blue state would be conservative radio host Larry Elder. He was leading big among the replacement candidates. So what's next for California under Gavin Newsom? Does he now have the wind at his back? My guests are Joe Garofoli, host of the It's All Political podcast, as well as Alexi Kossif and Dustin Gardner, the Chronicle's Sacramento correspondents. Guys, thanks for joining me. That was not exactly a nail-biter of an election night.
2: Earliest election night ever, I believe, in my uh, in my history here. So what
1: happened? I mean, were you guys expecting this? We, we started watching the results roll in just after 8 p.m., and immediately a Big, big deficit for recall supporters, Alexi.
3: Yeah, we knew coming into it that it was likely that Newsom would go up big early. For weeks now, we've been tracking the returns of the early ballots, and it was clear that Democrats were returning their ballots in large numbers. They were really heeding the call of Newsom to get involved and defeat this thing and avoid handing the state over to Republican control. But it was still rather surprising how large of a margin Newsom had early on, um, at one point more than 70%. And it's just an impossible kind of margin to overcome in a state where Republicans now only make up a quarter of the electorate. So it became very clear very quickly that this recall was going down in defeat and even still it was it was surprising how quickly it was over and you know Newsom came out gave his little victory speech very short you know didn't didn't dwell in the moment too long didn't take any questions from the media and just moved on i think he's ready to be done with this with this whole business
1: all right let's let's actually stop for a second and listen to a little bit of that victory speech by Newsom, as you said, it was pretty short, but he did get into to saying that, that California has a chance to lead on some of the issues that I think Republicans were upset about. Uh, things like social justice, a woman's right to choose, let cetera, let's, let's listen in.
0: No is not the only thing that was expressed tonight. Uh, I wanna focus on what we said yes to as a state. We said yes to science, we said yes to vaccines, we said yes to ending this pandemic. We said yes to people's right to vote without fear of fake fraud or voter suppression. We said yes to women's fundamental constitutional right to decide for herself what she does with her body and her fate and future. We said yes to diversity. We said yes to inclusion. We said yes to pluralism. We said yes to all those things that we hold dear As Californians, and I would argue as Americans, economic justice, social justice, racial justice, environmental justice, our values where California's made so much progress, all of those things were on the ballot this evening.
1: Dustin Gardner, I want to ask you, you were were kind of monitoring the second question, who would replace Newsom, but the governor was saying to all of his supporters, just leave it blank,
4: vote against the recall and leave it blank, did they? Yeah, voters absolutely followed the governor's advice. Um, The numbers I was just looking at show that about half of the, the ballots we've seen counted so far Um, in in half of those ballots, uh, voters didn't pick anyone for the second question. They just skipped it entirely. And that's what the governor wanted them to do. And the strategy for Democrats all along was to keep it simple and and not have voters get confused by, you know, second guessing if there was someone who they might want to replace the governor or who would be sort of the fallback for Democrats. So I think that message really did seem to resonate. Um, And, you know, yeah, like I said, for Newsom, it was a matter of simplicity. And it was also, you know, basically, I matter of the governor not wanting to open the field for any other Democrats to get traction. And that seems to have worked. All right. I want to get in a little bit later, a little more
1: to Larry Elder, who was doing quite well, at least not quite well enough, but he was doing well on that second question. And also what's going to happen to the GOP in California, which is so outnumbered. But Joe Garofoli, what's your takeaway for the state and Gavin Newsom moving forward? I mean, we are now past the recall.
2: We are past the recall, but the uh, the problems that were around before the recall and helped trigger the recall haven't gone anywhere. There's still a massive homeless problem. there's still uh, massive uh, wealth and income in- inequality. there's still problems with the wildfires. there's in a, a long long problem about uh, affordability in the state. that's that's not that hasn't gone anywhere. Newsom, you know, has said, and even when he talked to Alexi the other day on, on It's All Political, that uh, you know, hey, I, I'm just beginning, and we've got all this money, and uh, and that's great, but uh, he still has to deliver some things, and he has to make some progress on these things, these these uh, admittedly long term problems, and uh, he's only, he's got 14 months before he faces voters again. Technically, he's got till June till the. Uh, to the California primary, but he's you know he's a shoe in to be one of the top two there. But he's he's on the clock once again. The next campaign begins now.
1: Alexi, what did we learn about Gavin Newsom here? He's always been kind of a a, a figure that's hard to really get a focus on in California. You know, he's been talked about on one hand as a presidential candidate on the and on the other, uh, a lot of people have trouble identifying with him. That is a dynamic that was. a a
3: huge problem for him in this recall election, you know, to go from this record victory in 2018, where he beat his opponent by 24 points to this summer, looking like he could potentially lose his governorship because the recall race was so tight among likely voters. I mean, it just goes to show how he has not really excited Democrats in California uh, enough to really have them rally around him instinctually. He had to do hard work in the end to beat back this recall. And even as he's moving forward here victorious, there are warning signs for him. There's polling from uh, Berkeley IGS that came out last week that showed that More than half of voters in California view him as somebody who doesn't follow his own rules or thinks he's above his own rules, including a third of Democrats. So, the issues of a sense of him being someone who's maybe a little bit elitist, out of touch, those things that contributed to this recall getting on the ballot, those are going to continue with him, even though he really got out his message and convinced voters to beat back this recall. So thoroughly in the
1: end, Dustin, uh, Joe mentioned that the next governor's campaign starts now the next year, they're going to be electing a governor. Newsom is going to be trying to be reelected. What did Larry Elder say? Is he, is he running?
4: Yeah, so I just listened to Larry Elder's concession speech. Um, He did concede the the race, even though, in recent weeks, he had been sort of fanning this the flames of um, conspiracy theories, suggesting there could be widespread voter fraud that would help the governor keep his office. Um, but but despite all of that, um, L- Elder did concede um, and he ended his speech by hinting that this isn't the end of the road for him, that he might run for public office again. He basically said, you know, stay tuned um, and kind of winked at the crowd and everyone, everyone in the crowd kind of cheered. And um, it, there was a A moment where he was obviously hinting that that he he, if he's not running for governor again, he might run for something else. I don't maybe Congress or maybe there's some other office that he's eyeing. Um, He's definitely not done um, by any sense Um, in terms of just the governor's road um, next year. I think one thing that's important to remember is the governor's strategy. that that seemed to succeed in this recall was not a, a message of optimism. Early in the summer, he had ads touting the state's budget surplus, $76 billion record budget surplus. And, you know, he blanketed the airwaves for weeks with that message. And at the same time, he was following in the in the polls still, um, and it wasn't until this last, you know, month, six weeks of the campaign that he really kind of uh, changed the message to fo- focus more exclusively on Larry Elder and some of Elder's more kind of extreme views. And Newsom really seemed to lean into the strategy of of scaring voters, scaring Democrats to turn out to prevent a Republican from becoming governor.
1: Larry Elder did give a very long concession speech on Tuesday night, but here's a little snippet of it my opponent, governor gavin and newsom. Come on. Let's 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 be gracious. Let's be gracious in defeat. And by the way, we may have lost the the battle, but we are going to win the war. Let's take a quick break. We're going to be back with more on this joint episode of Fifth and Mission and It's All Political right after this. Welcome back. I'm Damian Bulwa. You're listening to a joint episode of Fifth and Mission and It's All Political on Gavin Newsom beating back the recall effort on Tuesday night. Joined by Joe Garofoli, the host of It's All Political and a senior political writer at The Chronicle, as well as Dustin Gardner and Alexi Casa from our Sacramento Bureau. So let's talk a little bit about the big issues in California. What about the pandemic? I mean, is this a, is this a mandate? There's been a lot of questions about... Well, about mandates. Um, what does this do for Gavin Newsom as he tries to steer us through this?
3: I think as we move forward, that to me is the clearest takeaway from this recall. It, According to exit polls, the pandemic was the top issue for voters in the this election, particularly for Democrats. From my own reporting out in various communities across California talking to vote democratic voters the overwhelming majority of them said the reason that they were voting to keep Newsom was because of his response to the pandemic and so this i think you could really take away as a signal of support for his approach even though republicans and uh many conservative voters in California were extremely frustrated by his early restrictions and his new kinds of mandates, the majority of Californians are saying, we like it, we want to be safe, and we think you're on the right track.
1: So those those messages of, you know, you're keeping us out of school, which were so strong early in the recall, they just didn't seem to kind of carry through all the way to the end?
3: Some of that has obviously faded as the state has reopened. The potency of problems like children not being in school isn't as vivid for voters now that classrooms actually are open again. So it's not to say those that frustration and anger is gone completely, but when you're facing another surge of the virus this summer, delta variant raging, you know, raging through California, hospitals in some parts of the state being overrun, people rallied around the idea of mass mandates and vaccine requirements for healthcare workers and all these kinds of steps that Gavin Newsom was taking, saying they're necessary to keep us safe. And if you vote me out, Larry Elder is going to come and he's going to sign an executive order the very next day overturning all of those safety measures.
1: Yeah, it certainly didn't help the recall voters looking to other states that are not doing as well. As California, right there at the end. Joe Garofoli, you have a column up at sfchronicle.com that says Republicans blew the recall, an opportunity to perhaps take the governor's mansion. What happened? Where did they go wrong?
2: Yeah, it was it's a generational chance for them to, to win a statewide office, uh, which they haven't done since uh, 2006 in California. This is a it was a is uh, sort of a surprise election. You, they were hoping to catch the... Democrats napping or, or disinterested. And for a while they were, but then, you know, because of, uh, what Lexi and Dust have talked about, they knew some woke come up and, uh, and we have this uh, result that we have tonight. Now, uh, Republicans are in a, in a very tough place. They have uh, very few candidates who can run or, and win statewide. Uh, they, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of trapped. They're kind of trapped because most of the, the, core of the party is supporter you know are or, or sort of acolytes of donald trump hardcore conservatives that is not where most californians are right now uh, they have done little to broaden their try and broaden their support in this race they failed they have all these issues that we talked about that we've talked about homelessness etc cetera, etc cetera, and they failed to try and to they failed to capture moderate voters with any of their ideas uh so they're going to be, they look, they appear to be doomed for the foreseeable future to be a minority party in California.
1: Dustin, while this is going on, I mean, I think a lot of voters, a lot of people in California, what they're really interested in is the big crises, you know, homelessness, wildfires, the drought. Where does this leave Gavin Newsom as he faces those big challenges? I mean, we're looking at, you know, not seeing any perhaps rainfall or snowfall
4: until the winter. We're in, we're in real trouble here. It's interesting. One of the things that um, Larry Elder emphasized in his conspe- in his concession speech was just the idea that Newsom has been forced to pay attention to issues and voters in a way that he hadn't been before. Um, he ended his speech by, you know, just going through a whole list of, of the big challenges facing the state, saying, you know, they can't ignore um, overgrown force anymore, they can't ignore the homelessness problem anymore. So er, e- even though, you know, the fundamentals of the political balance in California are the same with a Democrat supermajority in the legislature and a Democratic governor, I think the, this, the establishment party is on notice that that voters are have expectations that some of these major issues be addressed and that the state have a more assertive response. Um, I mean, we saw while the recall was going on that the state spent a lot of its Record budget surplus, address, um investing in its response to those issues, and I think Newsom is really going to be under a microscope headed into the next uh, governor's race to to make sure that that progress continues.
2: Any final thoughts, guys? Well, I, I would I want to express a, um, a a note of uh, dubiousness or or um, skepticism about whether Larry Elder, what he does next. I mean, I know he, uh, he said, uh, you know, stay tuned and, and such, you know, he literally said that, um, I don't know if this is, you know, and I, this is in my call, but if this, is this, is he really going to stay involved in politics or is this a play to sort of build his audience to make, to, to get a show on another network? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, you know, it's very curious. This is, this is a this is a seventy five day campaign. Uh, does he really want to run for governor when it's you know eight nine months long, ten months long, eleven months long? Uh, I I I don't know. I think he likes being on the radio, being on on TV more than he might uh, being on the campaign trail. Guys, what do you think?
3: Well, I, I I am very interested to see what happens there as well because he came in at the last minute and took all the oxygen out of the room for Republican voters. As a result, he essentially kneecapped former San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner, who was supposed to be the party's great hope as this moderate force who could appeal to Democrats and finally win them statewide office again. Now Kevin Faulkner, who was planning to run in 2022, is talking about not pursuing another gubernatorial campaign because he did so poorly in the recall results. And, you know, He is essentially, you know, the party has essentially chosen this more Trump aligned further right approach. And that person who was the big standard bearer may not even, you know, move forward with a political career at all. We'll have to see. So they could be out two shining stars, you know, of the party at the end of all this. And that would put them in real trouble for 2022, when you need somebody at the top of the ticket who's going to help with turnout for legislative and congressional races where Republicans actually have a real shot at winning.
2: And plus, they need a Senate, they need a Senate candidate too uh, to go against Padilla right now. That is uh, that that uh, spot is is empty too.
3: You know, the one other thing I, I'm really looking to see is what that ultimate margin of victory is for Newsom because when all the votes are ca- you know once all the votes are counted how is it going to compare to that 24 point margin of victory he had in 2018 if it's if it's close to that then at best he comes out even and if it's significantly less than that even if he has a huge victory over the recall it still suggests that he lost some ground with voters and so while he's not going to, it's not necessarily going to cost him political capital it's not like there's really a lot of momentum that he could gain from winning this recall even if it is a fairly decisive victory for him so i am curious to see kind of what the what the ultimate conclusion is there and whether that you know creates any sort of you know folds in or wrinkles in in you know how he carries himself forward
1: I want to ask you guys one question that may be a little out of left field after this recall, but this was essentially a debate between a moderate Democrat and Gavin Newsom, and it turned out a pretty far-right candidate that, that emerged in Larry Elder. But in the San Francisco Bay Area, it seems like the conversation might be shifting toward more of a conversation between a moderate Democrat and the progressive left. Um, but we weren't having that conversation.
3: Newsom is really only a moderate for uh, for San Francisco. I'd just
4: <laughs> make that point first of all, but i think there's I think there's a degree of truth in that in the sense that you know progressives very easily could have turned on the governor had. A viable alternative emerged, whether it was Jane Fonda or, you know, we reported that she was considering it, considering it at one point or some other well-known Democrat. Um, I, I, I don't think Newsom's walking away from this saying, oh my God, I'm the most popular I've ever been. I think he's looking at this saying everything turned out right, but it had someone else emerged, had even independent with broad appeal, like an Arnold type figure, um, things could have been very different tonight.
2: I was, uh, talking to a uh, leading uh, progressive in California tonight, and uh, they they, <laughs> they attributed it to Bernie Sanders telling everyone to stand down, telling uh, progressives in California to stand down. It's not worth this fight. Um, you know, the, Newsom will... Uh, we saw a little bit of that uh, buzz on Twitter after the results came out. They said, you know, we'll uh, uh, th- th- that fight will be had. Because remember, didn't uh, Newsom promise... Uh, Medicare for all. Um, yeah, I we haven't heard much about that in the last. Granted, there's been the pandemic, but you know, uh, progressives haven't forgotten that one. All
1: right. Well, as you said, stay tuned. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, my guests on this joint episode of Fifth and Mission and It's All Political. That's Joe Garafoli, the senior political writer at The Chronicle and host of It's All Political. Dustin Gardner and Alexi Kasseff are Sacramento-based reporters for The Chronicle. Thanks also to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.